0: It is great to see everybody here. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, we are going to be talking about Jesus in the moment. Uh, that is going to—we're we're talking about growing faith and what does that mean to—to to be a church where faith grows or to be people where faith is growing. Part of that means uh, really being in the moment. It is so easy, isn't it, to be distracted? Yes. I mean, as we speak, the New York Giants are playing football, and so I know that all of us are distracted. But just hold on. Don't check your phone for the scores. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, we got quiet. All right. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I'm talking to myself. Is what I was like. Hold on one second. Okay. No. No. It is. Uh, it is. It, it's important in life because life throws so many things at us. It's important for us to. Uh, to stay in the moment, isn't it? I mean, there's so many things that come at us all the time. Uh, There's so many ways that that we can be distracted and that uh, our attention can be turned away and we can be thinking about other things. We can be present, but not really be present. You know what I'm saying? I was on the elevator the other day with the new rookie point guard for the Boston Celtics, and I didn't even realize it. One, because I don't like the Boston Celtics. Um, Yeah, okay. But two... Sorry to you, Boston Celtic fans. But two, I just wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about a thousand other things. I was on my phone. It wasn't until later that I thought, wait, was that maybe? And then I talked to somebody else, and then I Googled, and I was like, oh, man. I was standing right next to, and I'm such a fanboy. You know, I like, I like, you know, I like anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. I'm like, oh, is that somebody? Oh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> But the thing is, great things can be going on around us. And if we're not careful, we could be super distracted and our minds can be other places. So we're going to look at a story today from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 36 a story about Jesus. And all of this takes place in almost about a 24-hour period, maybe a little over a day. But you look at Jesus, and it's amazing to see what Jesus does and how he really stays in the moment. Now, this story that I'm going to read to you begins very sad because Jesus, in Matthew chapter 14, gets some bad news about his relative, John the Baptist, who is also his forerunner and who was sort of his partner in the gospel, or was sort of paving the way for him, but was also a family member of Jesus. But Jesus got bad news that he had died, and that he had passed away. And so this is where our story picks up here in Matthew 14, beginning in verse 13. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and he said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to villages to buy themselves some food. Verse 16, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We, he, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the winds was, were against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. When they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the people of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country, people brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Wow, that is about one day in the life of Jesus. I mean, that's pretty amazing. But what's amazing about it is how Jesus stays in the moment with the people. I mean, it begins, as I said, it begins as a bad day. Jesus got some bad news. And he does what probably a lot of us, I know what I would like to do when I get bad news, is Jesus desires to be alone. And he wants to go be by himself. But then suddenly needs start to arise, don't they? Instead of of seeing all of these needs, though, as problems, what does Jesus do? He embraces them. Jesus leans into them. He heals a large crowd of sick people. Again, Jesus in the moment. He feeds a hungry crowd of thousands of people. Again, Jesus is in the moment. After some prayer time with God, he then calms his fearful disciples. Again, Jesus in the moment. He saves a sinking daredevil, right? Again, Jesus right there in the moment. He calms the storm. Jesus in the moment. And then when that's all done, he gets off the boat and starts all over healing the countryside. Again, Jesus in the moment. When you watch Jesus, you you realize there are so many things that could have distracted Jesus. But what's amazing about him is how he embraced the people right in front of him. You know, it is... There's a lot of things that come at us all the time. And the lesson for us is to love the people, is to love and to to stay involved and stay engaged in what's in front of us at this moment. Uh, It was John Lennon, I believe, who said, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. And isn't that true? Life is what happens. This week has been crazy for me. I I caught a, a last minute flight Uh, Last Sunday, and I flew down to Florida to help my mom, who's 80 years old, recover from the the hurricane that just went through Florida. My mom, uh, she told me, you don't need to come. It's fine. But my mom will always say that. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm like, mom, I'm coming. I didn't ask. I'm coming. And sure enough, I get there and there. Not only did she need help. But her sister, my aunt, who who lives in, who has a place in the same building where my mom, she needed help as well. And then we had some friends, some longtime family friends who have a place down the street. They needed help. So it was a very productive three days for me there in Florida. And I'm glad that I'm wet. It was crazy. But I got back late Friday, Wednesday night. And then Thursday, we got up and we packed everything. And we went down to North Carolina where we got to... Uh, be part of and celebrate uh, Susie Nussbaum's wedding. Uh, Susie just got married to a young man named Sam Pikert, and uh, the Pikerts are very good friends of ours. They, uh, they, they're the couple who lead the church in Greensboro, North Carolina, and of course the Nussbaum's are very good friends, so it was a merging of all of our, our good friends. And so And then we just got back late last night, so it has been a whirlwind, and that is how life is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm pretty caffeinated, as you can tell, right? That's what's keeping me going. I mean, life is a whirlwind, but it's important in the midst of all of those things, as we're making our plans, like John Lennon says, life comes at us. It's important that we, like Jesus, stay in the moment with the people that we are with. You know, I have a a friend who was a good friend to the late author Shel Silverstein, the famous songwriter, author. You've probably seen some of his children's poems, Where the Sidewalk Ends. And I asked him, I said, how was he with fans? And he said he was amazing with fans. He said that he would come out of his Manhattan apartment and people would be waiting there on the stoop, on the stairs with his book, you know, his various books, wanting autographs. And, you know, he would always stop, no matter what he was doing, he would stop and he would talk to uh, whoever it was, he would say, what's your name? And what's your children's name? And he would open up the front where there were two blank pages of the book, and he would write a custom poem to to the person using their name or using their children's name. And then he would elaborate, draw this beautiful picture on all, you know, custom picture on all on both of the pages. I mean, he would stop and really take time to connect to the people that were in front of him. This is inspiring, isn't it? It's inspiring when people can stay in the moment and stay focused and love where they are and who they're with. So let me, uh, let, me, let me throw out a couple things, I think, that keep us at times from being in the moment. All right. and Maybe you're guilty of this. Certainly, I know I am guilty of these things. But let's, let, me, let me put out a couple things that I think that we can identify that, that keep us from really being like Jesus in the moment. One of the first ones is this. It is the fear of the future, the fear of the future, right? Isn't that something that it can be in our brains or in our hearts that can keep us from really being engaged right now? You know, we can get so wrapped up in where we have to go and what we have to do and our schedules and our plans and the future, our fears, our anxieties about the future that we don't really engage right now. You know, as I read this passage, Matthew 14, and I look at all the things that Jesus did, one of my natural responses is to walk away going, oh, see, I need to be like Jesus. I need to do more, right? Gee, look at all the things he crammed into one day. I clearly need to do more stuff and cram more stuff into my day. But that's not really the challenge. That might be a challenge for somebody. If you're lazy and you're sitting around doing nothing, okay, maybe that is a message for you. But really, the more challenging message that I get from this now, especially as I get older, is staying in the moment with the needs and the people that are right in front of me. That's what I think is even more inspiring and challenging, is seeing Jesus really engaging with people. Do you let the future prevent you from being in the present? You know, us church people, we are, the, we are the worst at this, aren't we? I mean, because the things we got to do in the future are often good things, right? I got to be there. I got to go take care of this thing. I got to take care of this. I got to do that. And these are all good things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do these things. But if we're not careful, we can get so wrapped up in our fears of what's going to happen that we don't really pay attention to what's going on Right now, Jesus tells a great parable about this. If you get a chance to read this one time uh, in Luke chapter 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan, there was a man on the side of the road in need and the religious people were the ones who passed them by. Why? Because they were mean, terrible people? No, because they were busy. They were busy. They were just busy doing all sorts of other things and they were the worst offenders. And so we have to be careful sometimes, especially as church people, is that we don't get so wrapped up in what's going to happen one day or the future or our plans or our fears of the future that we don't really act and love like Jesus in the moment right now. Am I saying that we shouldn't think about the future? Of course not. Am I saying that we shouldn't make plans? No, I'm just saying that we should not let the future hijack the present. That's what we're saying. The future should not hijack the present. Sometimes I think we even glamorize the future, don't we? Sometimes we think, well, uh, you know, one day, you know, one day it's gonna be better. One day when I'm older, or one day when I'm married, or one day when I have kids, or one day when I have a better job, or one day when I learn how to drive, or one day when I have more money, or one day when I finally get my act together, and we glamorize what we think the future is gonna be, and then we're like, that's when I'm gonna really be able to engage. That's when I'm really gonna be able to live, is one day. But the message of Jesus is you don't wait for one day to engage. You don't wait till that day to love, and to care, and to listen, and to think about people. Yes, those things, things may come, but even if they don't come in your life, you can still be like Jesus right now. You and I can be aware and we can love people right now. Don't wait. Be like Jesus now. Love the people who are in front of you right now. James 4 verses 13 and 14. It says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go do this or that spend a year there, carry on business, make money, Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know, as you get older, you really do start to see how temporary life is. That when the Bible talks about, you know, that, that life is like a mist, it really is. You know, it's like when you put the, the, the hot water pot on the stove and it starts to heat up and the mist comes out, you know, the little kettle and you see it and the mist is very strong and it shoots up and then it's gone. It just disappears. This is what the Bible is saying our lives are like. Our lives are so temporary in comparison to eternity. And so it's even more important that we don't spend our 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 moments now being afraid of what might happen in the future. In fact, Jesus says it this way in Matthew 6, 25 through 27. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food or the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, sow or reap Or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I mean, Jesus tells us you got to live now. Do not worry about the future. I heard someone say one time, you know, 90% of all the things we worry about don't even come true right? And then I heard someone else say, well, so you're saying worry works then, right? Like, no, that's not the point. (laughs) No, the point is that we can't let the fear of the future hijack this moment. Let us be like Jesus. Let us calm our souls and let us not let the fear of the future keep us from being in this moment right now. Another thing that can rob us of being like Jesus in the moment, right now, is not just our fear of the future, but it's also problems from the past. Problems of the past. Uh, You know, sometimes we can get really paralyzed by the past, can't we? Um, They may be hurts. uh, They may be pains. They may be mistakes, errors, sins. You know, we can, if we're not careful, these things can really, really paralyze us. But Jesus had an amazing way of staying in the moment where he was at the time where he was. You know, sometimes we get hurt and it can cause us to, to check out. You know, physically we may be present, but spiritually we may not be. And we got to be careful because we can allow the problems of the past to rob us from being like Jesus right now. You know, even Jesus, it seems in this passage, when he got the bad news about his relative, John the Baptist, wanted to be alone. But that alone time got interrupted, but it didn't get canceled. You know, it's not like it didn't happen. It just got rescheduled. It it did happen. It happened a little bit later on in the passage. So there is definitely a time in our lives, when we're hurting, where we need to heal, where we may need to sit with God and pray and really find healing in him. But we've got to remember that we can't let the problems and the pains of the past keep us from really being like Jesus right now. Uh, you know, we do, people do a lot of different things with mistakes and pains and errors. We do all kinds of things. Uh, we, we dented our car a while ago and um it wasn't a, a minor it wasn't a major dent it was a minor dent and it wasn't didn't really affect the, the car and the driving of the car so i didn't really do anything about it just let it go that ah, it's no big deal well after about a year it started to really rust and look bad and and um and i thought you know so i stopped at a, a auto body shop and i said to the guy i said hey uh what do you think about fixing this he goes oh, it wouldn't be a big deal but you need to call the insurance company and i said yeah but it's been a year and he goes you know what here's what you say. And as soon as he said that, I stopped and said, whoa. I said, I, I don't like what you're about to say. I don't even know what you're going to say. I said, I'm a minister and I'm not going to do what you're about to say. He goes, no, 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 no. It's fine. My, my uncle, a, he's a, a priest and my aunt is a, is a nun. It's fine. You can do this. And, I'm like, and he p- proceeds to tell me an elaborate lie that I should tell the insurance company. And he says, but you gotta sell it, you know, cause they record these things. You gotta really believe it. And I said, no, I'm not gonna. In fact, I went home from there and I did call the insurance company, but I took the exact opposite advice of what he told me to do. I told the exact truth. I said, here's exactly what happened. It's been this period of time. I don't even know if I could get it fixed. And they said, no problem. And they fixed the whole thing. Wow. It was taken care of. My point is, is, is sometimes when we make mistakes, we like to lie about it. We like to just pretend or, or make up another story or tell ourselves something or when we're hurt or when something negative happens in our life, we like to alter the story. Sometimes we even like to glamorize the past, right? We like to remember it much better than it even was. Uh, You know, We love sometimes to glamorize and embellish things. Think about a couple weeks ago, we did a study about the the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. And remember, as they were getting ready to go through the Red Sea, they said to Moses, why are you doing this? What's going on? Remember in Egypt, we had it so good. Remember that? And they didn't, and they just left, but they had already started glamorizing the past. And this is what we do. And we can do this in the church too sometimes, can't we? I mean, we go, ah, I remember back in the day, back when I was a young Christian, you know, that's, this is that when it was amazing. That's when everything was awesome. Nowadays, I don't know about these people, you know, and it was not that great back when you were a young Christian. Yeah, some good things happen when you were young, but bad things happen too. Things we don't want to ever do again. Right. And so we got to be careful that we don't glamorize the past, because here's the thing, whether these are your memories of your leaders or memories of churches or memories of situations or relationships, whatever you're when we glamorize it, we hurt people right now because nobody now can live up to our glamorized past. And so we have to remember that we have to remember things for the way they really are. That's where true healing becomes uh, it begins to happen. But we cannot allow the past to be something that keeps us from being like Jesus right now. Am I uh, saying that we need to stuff it and, and pretend it didn't happen or, 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 or avoid the hurts? Listen, the hurts that have happened to you are very legitimate. They're very real. I'm not saying that they're not. In fact, they are very real. I'm just saying that we can, through God, grow. And we can heal. And we can learn lessons from God through them. And we can actually even be like Jesus right now, even with the baggage and the pains of our past. You know, good memories are from God. And, you know, past victories are things that we are to treasure. And they can actually sustain us. There's been so many times in my life when I've Come to a a roadblock, and I didn't know what to do. And I've remembered how God has carried me through similar situations in the past. And that has helped me through situations in front of me. But let us not let our past become something that prevents us from engaging right now and being like Jesus right now. Don't be paralyzed by your past, don't glamorize your past. Instead, love God and love here, love now. Jesus in this moment. Paul wrote it this way in Philippians 3, verse 13. He says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What an amazing verse about looking forward about letting God be God and understanding that you right now are exactly where God has allowed you to be. And so lean into it, embrace it and be like Jesus. Are you worried about the future? Are you consumed by the past? Maybe we need to grow and become more like Jesus and live right now in this moment. I'm gonna close out with a video clip that I think probably explains it even better than I can. I see you have found a sacred peach tree of heavenly wisdom. Oh. Is that what this is? I am so sorry. I thought it was just a regular peach tree. I understand. You eat when you are upset. Upset? I'm not upset. Why do I make you think I'm upset? So why are you upset? And the Five. Man, you should have seen them. They totally hate me. Totally. How's Shifu ever going to turn me into the Dragon Warrior? (sighs) I mean, I'm not like the Five. I've got no claws, no wings, no venom. Even Mantis has those... thingies. (sighs) Maybe I should just quit and go back to making noodles. Quit don't quit noodles don't noodles you are too concerned with what was and what will be there's a saying yesterday is history tomorrow is a mystery but today is a gift that is why it is called the present There you go. You can take it from a turtle. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That is why they call it the present. Let us love in the moment the way Jesus did. We're going to stand up. We're going to sing one more song. And then we're going to enjoy a great time of fellowship together. Thank you for coming today. Amen.